down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, breathe. More chicken. More chicken. Double-digit nuggets. We're all getting a dozen. Haristo. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. It's been some time since we come out with the pod, uh, just our schedules, got busy, uh, but we got an in-person pod today. It's me and Saad, and you know, Saad, you actually uh, just had a bout of the COVID. I actually did <laughs> just get hit with the Rona, man. I was in uh, Austria last week for a conference, and uh, you know, I got it out there, and this week has been a struggle, but... Yeah, man, it's good. It's good to be back. Good to be doing a pod again. I know you were in Vegas doing your thing. I saw all your pictures. <laughs> Had to get a picture for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I mean, yeah, we wanted to get some pods out to you guys, and of course, uh, it's, it's somehow like the basketball gods knew, like we're about to record a pod today in person, and then when Kevin Durant interview comes out yesterday. <laughs> That he gave to Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report. Uh, I'm just going to read this quote. I think there's like two, obviously, the two quotes that got all the attention. And here's that first quote. So he tells Chris Haynes, he says, Look at our starting lineup. Edmund Sum- Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, and Nick Claxton. Because obviously Kyrie's been out. And me. It's not disrespect. <laughs> so anytime someone says that, you know, what's, <laughs> it's about to be some disrespect. But but what are you expecting from this that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there. So, Sadi, I mean, you, the Nets fan, you see this quote. What, what are you thinking, dude? Yo, he's absolutely right, bro. That That is not a good starting line about Sadi KD. Like, Nets have been, obviously, like, there's always some something going on with the squad. They're always going through some sort of t- turmoil and whatnot. And we're not going to get too deep into the Kyrie stuff, but... You know, it is It is what it is. It hopefully comes back on Sunday for this Memphis Grizzlies oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was seeing that, yeah, Woj had an article saying, like, Kyrie's completing the, the steps, the final steps. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a student. Well, it's like, here are the five things or six things Kyrie's got to do on the checklist. <laughs> and I guess he's completing that, uh, his homework, so <laughs> per se. Um, and yeah, Kyrie's gonna come back, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just so funny. I feel like KD's in that mode now where he just doesn't give a shit at all. Like, <laughs> he just says, like, says it how it is, and he's like, here we go, these are the players. But here's my thing, right? Like, when you go back into that locker room, the players gotta look at him differently now, right? It's like, yo, bro, you just came out and shat on us, like, <laughs> in the media. That's basically what he did. <laughs> I mean, for sure, but like, you don't have Ben Simmons play, which is a whole other issue in itself, which, yeah, I get it. He's going through injury and whatnot, and I'm just tired of hearing, hearing him talk about being a competitor and all of this nonsense about how he wants to win, and then he gets on the floor and, like, literally doesn't do anything. I, like, there, I don't want to say he doesn't do anything, but, like, it's, it's not a consistently good effort. Like, there was a few... Like, he made a defensive play against that game against the Raptors, um, which, and not not against the Raptors. Oh, but the Mavs? Yeah, the Mavs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
like there's times there's moments where he does things that are good but it's not consistent and he definitely doesn't look like what he did before his injury like early Philly days which is the Ben Simmons that you want to see he's still only what 25 26 years old yeah he's like literally about to enter his prime like you still want to see all those things come back and it just hasn't been the case yet which is just disappointing as a Nets fan and uh honestly like this is kind of in line with the Simmons uh Simmons storyline or narrative yeah I mean it's (laughs) Right, I think on the same day, you know, earlier we got like a Simmons bombshell about players and like staff, coaching staff, executives are questioning Simmons' toughness with like how he's missing games and his energy when he's on the court, his lack of sense of urgency. Like, we already got a Simmons uh, story about like how he's not dedicated to the game. And you know, Simmons responded to that story saying like, "Hey, like I only I know like what I'm going through, like." This, uh, like everything I'm going through this shit is real like and yeah I'm sure he had these injuries you can't like fake a back surgery like he did have back surgery like six seven months ago which is like real shit <laughs> but but it's not even I think with Simmons it's not about like his explosiveness or or such but it's just when he's on the court you're just like man like where's this aggressiveness this guy was like people forget he was the rookie of the year like he looks so good there's that Simmons is like long gone. Like, who? Where is that guy, bro? I don't know, man. I mean, what I will say is that the season is still relatively early. Like, we're a month in at this point, and there's a lot of things that have obviously happened to the Nets, which, <laughs> it, like, least. to say the least, like this month feels like a season in itself. <laughs> like, think about it. We fired our head coach, brought in a new guy. Like, we we're about to hire Ime Adoka. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> Right, but I mean, I think I think with Jack Vaughn, like he's he was like a, a dark horse contender for the job. Obviously, he was interim coach, and I was kind of taken back by the fact that they decided to go with him. But honestly, like the Nets seem more engaged, they seem more willing to play. Like we've won a few more games relative to when Steve Nash was our coach. But I don't know. I think I think things have to like fall into place and that's going to take time anytime you're implementing a new system and going through all the changes that you're going through right now right with the Kyrie stuff the Ben Ben injury hey, it's a dumpster fire but I'm like that dog <laughs> in the in the is sitting in the burning house and it's like yo this is fine <laughs> that's me every day as a Nets fan bro to be honest with I mean, you I mean you guys have to be right I mean I think it's too soon, but it seems like if this is going to continue, the end point is going to be a KD trade. I, I don't think we're ready to talk about it yet, but I mean, that's that's got to be like the end game, right? For this, if like this shit's just a dumpster fire, like KD's already out here giving quotes. I think the one thing before we leave the story, so we got some more insight into why KD requested a trade. And it kind of seemed like it was like a lot of it was Nash because in this article, he talked about how he just felt like practices weren't intense enough. He wasn't getting pushed. They weren't like practicing things like closeouts and like very like man KD's honesty in like this interview was just like here it is like <laughs> and he straight up said Nash didn't do it Jacques Juan does it and that's again, a good thing that, yeah. see that gives me re- that is what keeps me optimistic right like I we've gotten this like surge of uh, you know passion and intensity from the guys that are playing right now and even though it's like guys like. 
Edmund Sumner, no disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? The, this team is playing with a little more tenacity, a little more... Like, everyone seems to be more engaged, and obviously KD is going crazy, like, literally dropping buckets every game. It's wild to see. That's That crossover against the Wizards... Oh, bro. Dude, I forgot he dropped, but that, that player got dropped so hard. Bro. Also, those Nets classic jerseys are fire this year that they have. Those dude. white ones. It's like the ones Dr. J used to wear. Oh, man. Yeah, man. And it reminds me of, like, the, uh, the, not, the semi-depressive Nets era after, <laughs> after like, 05, 06. Uh, they started rocking oh. those jerseys. Too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it does bring you back to that a little bit, but we'll figure it out, man. That 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 is where I'll leave that at. No, I think yeah. All we can say is like with the Nets, there's never a shortage of content. I mean, I completely forgot. We never talk about. I mean, I I did my solo one out on that, but it was looking like they were gonna hire Yudoka. Simmons story, this KD, and then who knows what's gonna happen with Kyrie after he comes back. It's it's a roller coaster, but uh. I mean, this this is life as a Nets fan, like you said. They are six and nine. They're twelfth in the East. But no, uh, so this are I think this is our first one that we're doing since the season started. Um, I just wanted to go through. I thought we could just hit on some teams. That's it. The first one was uh the Celtics, right? So Celtics twelve and three, six and one at home, six and two on the road. Their point differential is seven point one, the best in the East. I mean, it makes sense. Like, can we just talk about this this Celtics team? They so Tatum's averaging like in the mid thirties. Brown's like twenty five points per game. I think this the Celtics are like a model now, where they just have like this baseline of like they're really good. Like no matter who's in and out of the lineup, their coach literally like a week before the season got suspended for the year. Joe Mazzulla comes in. I think they just got hired this guy because he was on the staff already. They got continuity. I mean, the Celtics, like, yesterday, they blew out the Hawks. They didn't have Smart and Horford and still blew out the Hawks on the road. Like, they're just, like, a baseline of, like, really good team now. Yo, I completely agree. It's it's just so wild because it's, like, guys like Al Horford shooting five threes a game, 45%. Yeah. They got Grant Williams, who, like, literally destroyed the Bucks in the playoffs <laughs> last year. Like, he's going off from three. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are combining for 50-plus points per game, which is, like, insane, man, on a, on a per-game basis. Like, <sighs> wild. They're, they're, they're a well-coached team. Joe Mazzula is someone that... Um, uh, you know, the Nets or the Celtics uh, organization did not want to give up. Like, he was a candidate for some of these head coaching jobs yeah, yeah. and they did not want to give him up. So, like, he is a good coach. People, people, you know, don't know him that well. He's a young guy, but he's a really good coach, man. Like, I think he's also from, like, there's a, he's from the New England area. They were talking about on the Who Collected Pod. Yo, I love the fact that they drop three episodes a week now. It's the best. Like, I just wake up and it's like the first thing. Yo, it hits, it hits, man. But I think they had the mention on that pod about how, like, in the finals, like, Tatum would just, like, talk about Missoula, like, unprompted. It was just, like, like talk giving praise to Missoula. 
I mean, they also lost uh, Will Hardy, who became the coach of the Jazz. And man, that Celtic staff was like loaded, if you think about it. Yudoka, then they had Will Hardy, Missoula, who's like a head coach now. Bro, and I know we're not talking about the Jazz, but... Yeah, exactly. I mean, you did what? Second in the East, third in the East? I think mean, they lost a couple games. Like, they're now like 10 and 6, but they it's dropped still a top. They were host a home game right now. Yeah. The home playoff game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How wild is that? Yeah. Uh, the Jazz, I mean, but. Celtics, I mean, this they're twelve and three. I mean, they I think they're it's them and Milwaukee, right? I think the East is gonna be Milwaukee or Boston. We remember I remember we talked before the season. Let's not get into them today, but the Sixers, like, you know, maybe we thought they could sneak into like this top three group in the East. Ah, Harden's out a month. Like Embiid it took fifty nine points to beat the Jazz. <laughs> It, I mean, that was a great performance, performance but it shouldn't take 59 to beat the the you Jazz at home. No. Great performance, but I, I think the East is now clearly, it's going to be Boston or Milwaukee. Um, I still kind of like the Bucks more because we haven't even seen Middleton yet, and the Bucks are 11-3. and three. Mm. I think the Bucks could take Boston, but I mean, man, that's going to be a great playoff series if they lose to play each other. The Bucks literally just coast, man. They're, they're not a team that anyone talks about. Yeah. Doing his thing, he's just putting up buckets, like not saying anything. Yeah, Giannis is basically at like late 2000, early 2010s LeBron level, right? Like, yo, facts. Like Giannis walks onto the court, you're just like, all right, he doesn't care. He's like, I'll play with whoever for, like, lace him up, offense, defense. Like, you know, you're gonna, like, he's like, gonna again. We talked about like that like floor of excellence that's what Giannis is bringing like night in and night out now bro the thing the thing that I really like about Giannis and that's distinctly different from a 2000 or late 2000s early 2010s LeBron is like there's like a genuine humility to him oh yeah yeah like that video (laughs) you know what I mean he does that all the time yeah like I know, I know LeBron's humble and he has been humble throughout his career, but like, it's not like, it's like a forced humility. Whereas it's like, Giannis is like genuinely like, he's like, yo, I'm not the best player. Like Steph's the best player, all this stuff. I love that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if he just does that sometimes almost as like to deflect the pressure. He's just like, oh yeah, it's on me, it's Steph. Like, it's It's a good tactic if you think about it. Like I would, if I was in that position, I would do the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I like to put that kind of pressure on yourself to label yourself the king. Again, I'm a huge LeBron fan. Don't get it twisted. But like to label yourself that the chose to get a tattoo saying the chosen one. Like, bro, come on! You are not making things easy for yourself. So, anyways. The other team that you left out yeah. of the the running in the East, which I think could be a prime candidate, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, sir. So the Cavs eight and six, but you know they were eight and one five game losing streak. Of course, it's like all right, let's talk about the Cavs, and now they're eight and six, still fourth in the East. They're four and one at home, four and five on the road, a plus five point five point differential, which is actually second best in the East. Um, but because of this losing streak, bro, they got the real twin towers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. What I, all I'll say. <laughs> like they are constructed really well, man. And there were concerns. I know the Hoop Collective talked about it with you know Donovan Mitchell joining in a new environment. How is he going to fit in, knowing that he had like a few bumps in the road with Rudy Gobert and whatnot, and. 
from from the looks of it, it clearly seems like Donovan was not the problem. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I, I think we're going to hit on Minnesota later, but... Uh, Let's just say, I mean, Donovan... Uh, is playing defense like he never did in Utah, uh, or especially last year. He's not playing defense like what he's doing now. Like, he's actually, like, closing out on people. On-ball defense is actually solid for him. It's so weird to see him play defense the way that he's playing. <laughs> it's so weird to see him engage on that side of like, bro, he's putting up buckets, he's he's doing all these things, like, he's a really good fit for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and that's such a young team, bro. They can dominate the East for a long time. I, I think that's why people say with, like, defense, we used to see this with LeBron teams, where it's like, oh, we'll start playing defense when the playoffs get here. Yeah. Because I think defense is, like, a lot of it, yeah, some of it is schemes. But a lot of it is effort, right? 100%. And, and like that's why LeBron would always be like, "Yeah, in the playoffs, I'll play defense because you just step up your effort because you you know you're gonna have like two nights off between games or like a night off. You're playing the same team like seven times in a row. Like you start to learn things. But man, Mitchell, and then the eight and six. But I think we have to talk about like you know Garland missed some games because he had the eye injury early in the year. Mm-hmm. And then Mitchell missed the he missed that most recent game against the uh, Timberwolves, and but you're right, Garland Mobley. I mean, everyone's like, I mean, got Mo Allen and Mitchell are in their mid twenties. Garland and Mobley early twenties. These guys are like still on their rookie contracts. I mean, I just want to say like they're all they're missing is that they got their uh, small forward like they're rotating between Karis LeVert. Dean Wade, like um, Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro. I mean, this would be the perfect Jay Crowder team, right? Imagine yes. sliding Jay Crowder, and then you got a you got a squad like that starting five can. I think they can hang with anyone, right? Hundred percent. And then you got veteran leadership with Kevin Love. Oh yeah, six possible six man of the year. <laughs> They're like, should we extend him? Bro, I mean, but. It is a it is a valid question, right? Like we're talking about Kevin type of advice that is very relevant to them for and he's using he's referencing his time as a Minnesota Timberwolf. Everyone forgets what Kevin Love was on the Timberwolves. He was disgusting. Oh yeah, oh yeah, before you guys say, he was like putting up like 30-30 games, like 30-20. Dude, like people don't know this about K-Love, man. Minnesota K-Love. Problem. Yeah, yeah. Problem. <laughs> and like, that is the perfect type of person that I would want to learn from if I was Evan Mobley or even Jared Allen, right? Like from a rebounding perspective, like maybe he's not Dennis Rodman, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, no, no, I think the thing about Love was always like, he, he knew he couldn't really jump, but he would just get all these rebounds, just like he knew how to position himself, and he had like that wide body, the wide stance, and man, Love was a monster on the boards, like offensive and defensive boards. Bro, and he can definitely help Jared Allen develop his offensive game a little bit more, because... Mobley for sure. Mobley for sure, but like Jared Allen, like, you is just like more or less a rim-running center. Like, if he can develop some post moves, do something like that, like, bro, you got like... That's your fourth option. That's oh, your yeah. fourth <laughs> option. Fifth option, if you really think about it. Yeah. 
I think that's what's been crazy. Like we saw Garland put up 50 the other night. We know Mitchell can go for 50. And then you, behind these guards, you got these two like defenders. Terrace LeVert on any given night can give me 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When LeVert's on, that's the problem. LeVert, if he could stay healthy and consistency, that's like been the things with LeVert. But I mean, the two things that I think that's encouraging for Cleveland is they beat in Boston twice already. And both in overtime, they beat him on the road and beat him at home. And both games were without Garland. I think that showed me, like, they got a guy in Mitchell who can, like, it's like, all right, in the playoffs, yo, it's one-on-one at the end, Tatum. And they got a guy in Mitchell who can, like, maybe go against Tatum. Mm-hmm. And they got the guys to, to play some defense, defense on, exactly. on, on the two wings, yeah, too. And, like, dude, Mobley is, like, yeah, Mobley could almost is, like, a Scottie Pippen kind of, like, he's, like, a modern-day Scottie Pippen where he could just, like, guard all these, like, different positions. Bro, they're, they're set up. They're set up. I think it's just been an amazing job by their GM, right? Like, this is probably their first really good team without LeBron on it in Cleveland. I mean, they, they had these teams in the 80s, again, with Jordan and stuff. But, like, to have, like, superstars like this and no, no LeBron. Bro, 2024-25, LeBron will be <laughs> Who knows? If, if, bro, if I'm LeBron, I'm looking at I that. Mean, we did say they need a small forward. <laughs> bro, I'm looking at that number three spot right now that they got. Yeah. I'm like, yo. Also, LeBron can't get traded this season, but in the offseason, yeah. I mean, if the, if the Lakers season, they're... Yeah, I mean, we don't want to talk about it. They're three and ten, like, but if this is what LeBron just, he could spin it, right? Like, he's like, all right, this is my last season. I'm just going to want to go back home one more time and then finish do it for the land and hook his hometown. I'm sure he can, his media people can spin that, like, however they want to. And no one's going to ever question, like, LeBron going back to Cleveland. And for the Cavs, they're like, all right, like, LeBron on a one-year deal, like, why not? <laughs> bro, especially if Bronny falls in the draft in Cleveland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think now it'll be tough because uh, Utah has their picks. Oh, right, Cause, right. Because uh, of the Mitchell trade. Yeah, LeBron's not going to Utah, <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> But a couple of, all right, so we talked about the Cleveland, uh, the Cavs, right? And they, they did a trade with Utah. The other team that did a trade, huge trade with Utah this offseason, the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? And I, I think you you really wanted to talk about this team. Yo, man. The vibes on this team are not good. Yo, I literally saw a play with Anthony Edwards standing yeah. in the same position in a key moment of a very close game. Did not move for the entire play, bro. <laughs> This man comes into uh, into the season like basically weighed like a middle linebacker, looking like a mini Zion. Yeah. You got Rudy Gobert trying to be like the leader of this team, and no one takes him no seriously. No respect. <laughs> you can see why like Mitchell hated it. Bro, you got they're a mess, man. D'Lo looks really bad. So, yeah. I can't believe that this guy was an all. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it didn't make a difference if he was or wasn't on the court, bro. <laughs> Dude, can you believe that like a few seasons ago we were talking about Dilo being an all star? Like <laughs> that year with the Nets, right? <laughs> and now he's like so bad. And he's what? He's still relatively young. No, D'Lo, like, was drafted in 2015. He's probably, like, 26, 27. Like, he's finishing up his, like, his only his second contract. Like, I mean, if I was D'Lo, like, I'm on an expiring deal. Like, I would be going 
off this year because you're trying to earn the next contract. <laughs> and bro, and, and everything's lined up for you. You wanted to play with your boy Cat, like you wanted to do all this. You have the team around you. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So, like Minnesota, they. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the place, I think they went over this on the low post where, yeah, Cat was running down the court and then yeah, he was like asking for a pass from Ant. Ant didn't pass it to him and then Cat just like goes down the middle and then he's like, right, I'm not getting the ball. He just runs out of bounds. As he's running out of bounds, that's when Ant passes him the ball. <laughs> the vibes are just not good, right? Like you talked about Ant coming in overweight. And then Kat in a press conference goes like, I don't like how, how, how he's like eating all this Chick-fil-A and fast food, like literally calls him out. And then they ask Ant at a press conference, like, yo, why aren't you dunking much this year? And he says, oh, the lane's always clogged. There's like multiple people there, which is clearly like a shot at Gobert saying like how because Gobert's in the lane all the time, his defender's there. The vibes just aren't good. Like we got the D-Lo stuff going on, like the, I mean, so the, at least the encouraging part is that Minnesota did have this win on um the other night they beat cleveland on mm-hmm. the road they're still like in that play-in zone you hope like and they beat the magic last night so they're putting at least two wins together now they aren't too far off they're seven and eight they're the 10 seed you hope that they could correct this but i mean the even if they correct the schematic stuff i mean they literally like usually this is the honeymoon period right when a player gets there like a big guy like rudy gobert like you made a big trade Everyone's like usually like lovey dovey. They already don't seem to like not like each other. <laughs> Bro, five first round picks for this. I'm looking at it like, nah, bro. This is <laughs> this isn't it. Man. Did but, they trade for the wrong Utah guy? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell would necessarily. Like you gave up. Like say instead of like those, uh, you kept like Vanderbilt and Fed, and you put in like Elo and a bunch of picks to get Mitchell. Honestly, honestly, I know, I know that Vanderbilt and Pat Bev were really good friends with Ant, and honestly, I would do anything, if I'm the Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm doing anything to keep Ant happy, because you're not a big market, like, you don't have really much going on, and like, we've seen what stars today, you know, if they're fed up, they can request for a trade, and whenever, and Ant doesn't seem like he has... Uh, you know, very high patience or tolerance for BS and whatnot. And it's crazy because like going into the season or in the off season, we're like, yo, Ant looks like a star. They're trying to build around him. They got him for four more years. Like if anything happens, they can just trade Gobert and like or try again, yeah. whatever the case is. But now it's like, bro, like you're kind of walking around eggshells. If you're, if you're anyone on the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Cause it, anything can happen, bro. Like this is classic new owner syndrome. I feel like A Rod and that other guy team is Mark Lurie. Yeah, yeah. His business partner, and they come in like they're buying a team from Glenn Taylor, and it's like, yo, we're gonna hire this guy Tim Connolly, like pay him, away from Denver, and then it's like, all right, we gotta make like a huge move, like just make our imprint. Yeah. And it's just like, bro, like that series with the Grizzlies, like last year, I thought Minnesota was right there, like. They, I mean, they, they, they just, give up a lot. Yeah, bro. yeah, and it was like they were right there. They had this team. They like Malik Beasley, Vanderbilt, Bev, like all these guys that they traded away were valuable role players to around like Cat, Cat, and Ant. 
I think what Minnesota didn't have was like they didn't have playoff experience. They didn't know how to close out games. Like they had leads in fourth quarters and like those losses. And I just thought just keep it going, maybe make moves around the edges. And they went the other way. And I think I don't know. This could be like uh, one of those like trades that we look at and like this could be like I mean why can't this be like the Nets Celtics trade, right? Like Ainge may have just done it again. Bro, like if I was a Minnesota or Timberwolves, you could have traded for Mops. Howard, oh, yeah. McGee, like maybe just get one of those, like yeah, not like less uh, expensive centers. Like Turner would have been perfect on this team. And bro, whatever, like two first round picks and D'Lo, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Yeah, we know that 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 formula works. <laughs> you got a shooter and then you got like a, a center who can like protect Cat. Like that's all you needed. And Turner can actually shoot the ball too. So, man, Minnesota vibes aren't good. Um. But yeah, I think the other team that would be surprisingly another team in the Pacific Northwest that doesn't get much attention, the Portland Trailblazers, dude. 10 and 4, first in the Western Conference right now. They're 4 and 2 at home, 6 and 2 on the road, and then they got a point plus 2.3 point differential, which isn't like the best. Obviously, the number one team, dude. I mean, can I just say on a side note, how about those the Phoenix Suns, right? Plus 6.7 point differential, like. They, they, we talked Cal about like, looking like a star, bro. we we talked about like having like with Boston like a floor of excellence in the regular season at least I think that's what the Suns are right like they got the Sarver situation which no one talks about now like that's going on we got the Aiton situation and how he says I'm not talking with the coach Chris Paul's already had an injury Jake Crowder is not even playing Cam Johnson had a meniscus tear and he's out one to two months. And through all that, they just keep rolling. They beat the Warriors last night. They're, they're nine and three. They just continue. Like Monty Williams, I think he's just done a great job with the culture there. Book has taken a step up, and they. Dude. I just, I just love the Suns, dude. I think the regular season, like they're probably gonna hit like high fifty wins again, right? Hundred percent, man. I think, I think what we're watching right now is the uh, emergence of Mikael Bridges as like a, as like a legitimate star. Yep. Bro, he was hitting threes last night. And he was talking and, to the Warriors. Man. Bro, he was like literally shooting at Clay, bro. He, he was literally Clay like. Clay thought he to give him a high five. <laughs> no, yeah, he's like, yo, talk your shit, Mikel. I mean, like, you beat the defending champs twice already, um, dude. And and we're talking about like a two way wing that's like, you know what I mean, like. I, I would put him, maybe not yet, but, like, he's on his way to being, like, on that same level as Jalen Brown. Oh, for sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he wow. just, I mean, just because he plays with Book and CP, like, he just doesn't get to do as much, like, on the ball, because he's, so, but he's accepted his role, like, off the ball, but. He has not missed a game in the NBA. He hasn't missed a game in his professional career. Or collegiate Yeah, career. I saw that. And That's he played all four years at Nova, like. Man, the Sixers really. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he wanted to go to the yeah. Sixers. Yeah, his really mom worked for the Sixers. Yeah, man, the uh, the Sun says. I mean, I, I think one of the people we talked about in our one of our preseason pods was we said Book's got to take a step up, right? We're like, he shot the uh, he shot the bed in Game Seven of that uh, series against the Mavs, and we're like, we want to see Book take a step up, and he's done that. So uh, I thought Book maybe kind of was like, is he stagnating? But no, he showed he's got another level. Wait, what was that Mikal trade for? Was it for Mikal? No, no. So they, it was for this guy Zaire Smith, oh who's never God. seen, who's never seen the floor for uh, the Sixers, I think. And they got like a future Miami pick, 
that they then traded like again to like the Clippers for like that Tobias Harris. Oh, no. So basically, like I guess they ultimately turned it into Tobias, but. Got a little sidetracked. I always get excited about the Suns, but let's, I mean the Blazers. You know, they did this thing last year where they kind of did, like, a soft reset. Like, they traded CJ away, and we thought, like, all right, they're just, like, tanking. But through that CJ trade, they got a pick out of it, which they tra- uh, turned into Jeremy Grant. That They also allowed, like, Anthony Simons to get more, like, playing time. He's in the And they got the starting lineup now. It's, like, Dame, Simons, Hart, Josh Hart, who's looked good, Jeremy Grant, and then Nurkic. This was probably, like, the most versatile team Dame has had around him in his time in Portland. He's like Hart and Grant play great defense. Nurkic is a good shot blocker. Simons is like a basically he's CJ McCollum. Like he's a smaller guard. He could score just like CJ. Doesn't play great defense. I would say he's a better three point shooter. Yeah, yeah. That's that's important. And and he's younger. He's cheaper than CJ. I think what Portland's done is like been amazing. Like just in like reset the team, but still not pretty competitive. It's not like CJ's in a bad situation. No, no, either. no, no, no. But it's just amazing. Like when I when I saw that CJ trade, I was like, "Oh, Portland's just like getting into the tank." I was like, "Why would Dame want to stay here? Why would Why he would he do that?" Yeah, yeah. exactly. As as Wendy says, <laughs> but at Dame's Dame showed that. I mean, he's already had an injury, but Dame's kind of like been his thing. I think what Portland's doing is like pretty impressive. Hundred percent, man. I think I think they got a real shot. Um, GP hasn't played yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Peyton's like slowly coming back, too. I forgot Dude, about him. That's like a plug-and-play as soon as Hart sits. Oh, that's yeah. That's like a plug-and-play. Or say and you need, like, defense instead of offense and stuff in for Simons. Like, Peyton's like Boom, bro. That's that's a solid, solid option. That's a solid team, in my opinion. I think they're going to be in the playoff conversation. I think they'll make the plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they... Again, it's, if Dane stays healthy, I think, I think they got it. Um... They right now are first, so it's just a matter of like how they can keep this going. Nuts, man. So I think the last thing you wanted to touch on was your alternate reality. <laughs> so we decided to uh, do a new segment uh, for alternate realities, right? And and today we're going to be focusing on three guys who have have been legends in this game for the past fifteen years. Who have been honestly dominating their situations until LeBron got hurt, but it's LeBron, KD, and Steph. And we were just talking about what would happen if these guys were to switch teams, right? So what, yeah. what were the situations? So yeah, it was like um, like you were saying, it's like how the Warriors are six and nine, Lakers three and ten, Nets are six and nine. It's like imagine a world where all three of them are on a team with a winning percentage of four hundred or less. And we're just talking about like, well, is it them or is it their situation? So we said, all right, what if KD was on the Lakers? Because he's been on the Warriors before. So like, uh, that would be a new situation for him. Steph was on the Nets and LeBron's on the Warriors. So let's start with the Lakers, I guess, right? So you're basically subbing LeBron for KD. So now you got KD and I guess the starting lineup would be like, Pat Bev, Reeves, KD, AD, and whoever they start at center, or like if they start AD at center, it would be like um, Troy Brown or someone, right? Mm-hmm. 
honestly, dude, like seeing the Lakers role players, I mean, KD is a much, much better shooter than LeBron. Yeah. And I think some of those problems are fixed there, but maybe not the better, as good of a playmaker. But the Lakers role players and AD's injury situation, maybe the it's like plus two or three wins. Maybe they're instead of three and ten, they're five, like five and eight. Yo, I don't know, bro. Like we've seen Russell Westbrook and KD. <laughs> We've seen that combination work. Like KD knows how to manage Russell's (laughs) erraticness and erratic shot making. I I know he got tired of it in OKC, but this is a new situation, right? So I think that lineup would look like Russell Westbrook, Pat Bev, uh, Austin Austin Reeves, KD, and AD. Yeah. I, and honestly, I think I think in that situation, because like LeBron teams always need a lot of shooters around. Yep. KD could fit in any scheme, any system. He it works out. I think you're right. Yeah, Zach Lowe calls him like the most malleable superstar ever. Like you could just put it because of his skill set, you could just put him in any situation. Bro, I, I I honestly think like maybe you're right. Maybe it's plus two three wins, but I think KD would find would let Russ be Russ and, you know, f- like, facilitate, let him play make and do all the things, but, like, I think, honestly, that could work with AD, too, bro. If AD stays healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With AD, too? Yeah. I, I think, I think it wasn't an, my thing was, like, it wasn't an indictment on KD, it's just, like, Lakers home players. Are bad. Yeah. Are bad. It's bad, dude. is just, he's trash. Like, I don't know how you got an extension, like, it's just such a bad situation. Like, yo, what about Matt Ryan, bro? Matty Ice. <laughs> Could it be the QB for the, the Colts? So, like, just like, oh, let's sign him. Bro. That's, I, yeah. that's the Lakers. What about Steph on the Nets, dude? What do you think? Oof. The Curry brothers starting <laughs> off. Is it point guard? Can Curry guard? and Kyrie play together? That's the question. Oh, I mean, I'm assuming that Kyrie isn't playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, alright, so you would have what? Steph, Kyrie, you would have Joe Harris. Um, would you still have KD on that team? No, no, so uh, KD is gone. Be, yeah, so maybe like Royce O'Neal and Flax. I honestly think Ben Simmons. Oh, I forgot Simmons. <laughs> even if he's like whatever eighty percent of himself, yeah. Ben Simmons is surrounded with, let's say, Steph, Kyrie, Seth, and Joe Harris. Let's say that's the lineup. That's a super small lineup for sure. But yeah. let's say that's the situation, bro. Bro, <laughs> that team would look lethal. Maybe Steph can turn Simmons into a Draymond, right? <laughs> I mean, dude, he, like, the comparisons have been a more athletic Draymond, and yeah. right now, Draymond looks more athletic, <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion. Oh, this is his role, like, he's scored in double digits after so long. But, man, to see Steph and Kai on the same team, that's like a 2K, like, dream right there for, like, a shooter, like... Bro, Steph and Kyle on the same team would be The defense would be horrific, but I guess that's why you got Simmons and like maybe Clax or whoever to protect them. Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal, yeah. I don't know, man. I I do think Steph, again, with his skill set, I feel like he's one of those guys where since he's so good off the ball, 
feel like he can play with Kai. Like, even if Kai's dominating the balls, Steph will just, like, keep running around, like, attract Get all open. these defenders. I, yeah, I think, I think it would, it would be, it would be weird, but I think it would, it would kind of work. Like, assuming that Simmons is back healthy and, like, doing everything that he's accustomed to doing, you got Joe Harris, who's a solid 3 and D guy. You got Royce O'Neal, another solid 3 and D guy. Like, bro, this is so frustrating <laughs> as a Nets fan, man. Why isn't this shit working, bro? <laughs> It's, it's always so good on paper. Remember we talked about this next team on paper? Like, the Dunder Mifflin Nets. <laughs> yeah, Zach Lowe calls them. Yeah. <laughs> and then, all right, let's end with this. So LeBron on the Warriors. So now that Steph's out, so let's say Poole's starting. So you got Poole, Clay, Braun, uh, Draymond, and Looney. Yes. Solid squad, bro. Poole, yeah, I guess, yeah, it'd be Poole would probably start, right? Yeah. 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 Bro, Poole is Nice, man. He's struggling a little bit this year, and that's where I'm like, man, that punch, right? We didn't talk about that punch, but I feel like that's got to be lingering. For sure, but, like, even Zach Lowe is, like, who has just been so inconsistent. He has games where he goes off, and then he has games where he's not doing anything. Yeah. So maybe it's maybe it's the uh, it's the punch, but... Maybe it's just inconsistency, not getting the same minutes every night. I don't know. He's like the sixth man, right? Yeah, yeah. But when the game that he started, because Clay was out, he went off. Like, he somehow was like, plays well with Steph, surprisingly. Dude, I know that's a controversial topic in in uh, San Francisco right now, but, uh, yo, honestly, they should bench Clay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I think Clay should make. That team's just gone through so much. I feel like. That core of Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Iguodala, who doesn't play, but he's still on the team. Yeah. They've just been through so much. I just feel like they don't want to hurt that, like... I get it. Hurt that, uh, what they built. I get it. But, but man, LeBron on the Warriors, though? With Poole starting... And, and you got a shooter like Clay with him. Say, like, even if Draymond doesn't play, and then you put in someone like to Michael Green or Don, they got DiVincenzo. Like, give LeBron all those shooters, bro. It's like Miami. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> that's, that's chips. LeBron and shooters equals chips. Yeah. It's great. I wish Palenka knew that. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the formula that worked, like, in Miami and, like, Cleveland. But <laughs> Oh, man. 40 minutes on the nose, man. <laughs> All of our pods are... They always run. We called it, too. <laughs> this will probably be a 40-minute pod. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. It's, it's been fun, dude. I think uh, hopefully we can do more of these. Um, now that the season's like back and running, we got games all the time. And we'll try to bring content more often for you guys. Yeah, man. Um, Thanksgiving next week, so that'll be tough. But the week after, for sure. You know, uh, until the holidays, yeah, we should try to record more of these. Yeah, man. Um, happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. And so whenever this pod comes out, shout out to Deep for for again uh, putting this together, <laughs> executive producing. He's keeping us on track. Yo, for sure, man. Those preseason uh, previews would not have happened without him. <laughs> without some deeps, uh, uh, gentle nudging. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey guys, by the way, season starts on this date. <laughs> but he always gives us the option to, like, oh, we can just do whatever we want, which I do appreciate. Yeah, but then we're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we gotta come. <laughs> Alright guys, well that's it for this pod, till next time. I want to thank our producer Sandeep, 
Without him, this podcast would not be possible. If you want to get the latest news on the podcast and to support us, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BSJPod and check out our website at www.bsjpod.com. Thanks for tuning in.